welcome to episode 10 of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in-game as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. And this week's episode, big number 10, double digits, which is a really kind of cool milestone, we are going to prep for Go Battle League Season 4. We're also going to talk about the Flying Cup and the Halloween Cup. So just hitting all the prep on all of those. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, if you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode of the show, I really, truly appreciate it. And I'm glad you could join me. So first off, we're going to start with all the information you probably already know, and that is the season four dates. The new season of Go Battle League is going to begin September 14th. That is next Monday at uh, 1 p.m. GMT minus 7. So wherever you are in accordance to that. And uh, it is going to run Great League until September 28th. Ultra League and Ultra Premier Cup will run from the 28th to October 12th. Master League and Master Premier Cup are going to run from the 12th until October 26th. After that, the Halloween Cup, which will be a Great League Cup, will run from the 26th to November 3rd. So the whole Halloween weekend is going to be devoted to the Halloween Cup. So that's really cool. And then, of course, all three leagues will open up again, plus the Premier Cup, which will be a Master Cup format, will be from November 3rd until November 9th. So for the whole next week. And then Season 5 will begin on November 9th and probably carry us over the new year. We might... If they're going to do holiday-specific cups, we might get a Thanksgiving and or Christmas cup. Who knows? There's no knowing what kind of themes they would be. Although I think for Christmas cup, it'd be more of like a, a winter cup or an ice cup. So that way we're not isolating everybody. You know, all kinds of holidays and everybody of all kinds plays Pokemon Go. And you don't want to be rude. You want to include everybody. So that's the dates that we're looking at. And uh, it's going to be a longer cup, or excuse me, longer season than what I think we're used to. So that'll be really, really interesting. Um, Of course, the information of what you can expect in season four. Again, continuation of the no walking requirement, which I think is really awesome. Friendship level is still going to be good friends, so that's really cool. Plus, you can still do the trainer QR code to scan. So that'll help out with remote tournaments and such, I believe Sylph Arena is going to get into their next season starting next month or the month after, either later this month, if not waiting until October. And of course, the Avatar items inspired by Pikachu Libre will still be rank 7 if you don't have those unlocked. Um, For rank 10, you get Avatar items inspired by Blue from Pokemon RPGs. And the win rewards for Pokemon will remain the same. Basically, the Pokemon you get as encounters. Pidgeot starting at rank 1. Galarian Zigzagoon at rank 4. Galarian Farfetch'd at 7. Rufflet at 8. Scraggy at 9. And Pikachu Libre at 10. That is, of course, if you can somehow get out of level 7 limbo where I've been stuck the past three seasons. So, I will eventually get up there. I I hope so. Eventually. Knock on wood. They are going to change a few things for Season 4. Rank 
Two will be done by completing a certain number of battles, the normal rank one, two progression. Three through nine will be by winning a certain number of battles. And then, of course, to hit rank 10, you still have to hit a rating of 3,000. This is really interesting that you can get up to rank 9 by hitting a certain number of battles, winning a certain number of battles. I don't know if that's a change to how the ranking is going to work. If you guys know any information on that, by all means, let me know. My email is anerdblog at gmail.com, all one word, all lowercase, or you can hit me up on Twitter. My handle is at anthissa21, and uh, let me know the information on that so I can kind of clear it up and understand it a little bit better because just by looking at this, and I'm looking at PokemonGoHub.net, it's looking like you don't have to worry about the ELO to get up to rank 9. I don't know. That doesn't really fully make sense. Who knows? We'll see what happens when we get there. But uh, it looks interesting. Also, end of season wards, I will learn to talk are going to be similar to those at the end of Season 3, so whatever you expect this season is going to pretty much be the same. Uh, Stardust rewards from 1 to 3, Stardust TM's raid pass from 4 to 10. If you rank 10, you get a new avatar pose. Finish Season 4 at rank 7 or higher, you'll get an elite fast TM as opposed to a charge TM. So pretty much a lot of the stuff is staying the same, what we can normally expect from Go Battle League. Other than that, there will be a new move, Lunge, that can be learned by Masquerade and Galvantula. It's a bug-type attack. And there have been updates to some other moves as well. Bug Buzz will now have a chance of lowering your opponent's defense. Flame Charge now deals less damage and will raise the user's attack. And Signal Beam now has a chance of lowering the opponent's attack and defense. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Vespa Queen is now able to learn Signal Beam, and uh, that's pretty much it for the new move information. Now, let's talk about these new cups. The Flying Cup is going to take place on Go Battle Night on September the 24th, which is the very end of Great League. So that's Interesting timing. It is going to run from 6 p.m. to 11.59 local time, so in whatever time zone you're at. And the Flying Cup will be only Flying-type Pokemon. You, I think you'll be able to use dual types, like say Charizard is Flying and Fire. You might be able to get away with that. It will be Great League, so 1,500 CP. And uh, for Battle Night, you'll be able to complete 20 sets of Go Battle League matches. Normally, you're given five. I have issues sometimes even getting my five completed. So getting 20 is going to be a little interesting. I'm also kind of concerned about that because what if you get burned out on it? I mean, that's just a, a different kind of perspective. Because, yeah, it's fun. You get to do all these more matches. Plus, that means you're going to get more Stardust rewards and stuff because you get Stardust at the end of a set no matter what. So it is a bit of a good boost, but I'm wondering if it'll cause some early burnout. I'm not sure. Also, you'll receive twice the Stardust for winning battles and completing sets and ranking up. So if you need to grind on Stardust, by all means, play as much as you can on Go Battle Night. By all means. Because that is an epic way to get Stardust. 
The last little bit of information for Flying Cup. Evolve Pidgeotto during the event to get a Pidget that knows Gust. And from what I've heard, a lot of people aren't really kind of impressed by the move Gust. And they're not likely to go after it. They're pretty much just worried about whatever moves you can go ahead and get on Pidgeotto as it is. Or Pidget, excuse me. All in all, Flying Cup sounds like an interesting introduction into themed cups. I know we've already had some of that with Premier, but that's pretty much basically being able to do Go Battle League if you don't have the legendaries and the mythicals that are going to show up and run rampant through Ultra and Master League as it is. So with Flying Cup, it gives us a kind of a different look at it, kind of a way for Niantic slash Pokemon Go to take baby steps towards having a designated cup the way Sylph does. We actually get into that in the next cup, which is the Halloween cup. Now, I don't know how much other people have gone into the Halloween cup, but this sounds really, really interesting to me. It is going to run October 26th, Monday to Tuesday, November 3rd. So it's going to run a full week, and you are only allowed Poison, Ghost, Bug, Dark, and Fairy types to be used. I don't know if this will allow for like a dual type, like Granbull, who is fairy and fighting, or I believe it's fairy and fighting, or something that's a dual type like Gardevoir, who is fairy and psychic. So this will be interesting to see. I am Due to the Instagram gym leader challenge that was established, it's still running. It just doesn't get a lot of noticement, noticing. Um, I am one of the Instagram gym leaders, and I run a fairy and psychic gym. And uh, if you're interested in any of it, all this, the highlights and stuff are in my Instagram profile. You can look at my profile and go through the highlights and my gym challenge will be sitting there and you can kind of see what I've got set up and I've got some pretty strong fairies. So I'm wondering if maybe I can, if they allow for dual typing, if I can take some of my fairies into this Halloween cup. So this will be interesting. I'm stoked about it because I do have some Pokemon that are eligible and already built for this because of the Instagram gym challenge. Um, the other little cool thing that popped up is in addition, you can earn encounters, reward encounters, with Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle all wearing Halloween costumes. And the cup, of course, will be Great League Limits. So, uh, 1,500 CP. This is a really interesting way to get the costume starters without having to do raids. Because I think the majority of the regular Halloween event is going to be focused around the Mega Gengar. You might be able to get the starters in raids. They haven't announced anything for that yet. But uh, this is a cool way to do it, I think. And uh, I know for one, I only have the Yamask Hat Squirtle, and I'd love to get my hands on the, the Charmander and the Bulbasaur. And I do know that my kids' siblings would love to get their hands on the other costume starters as well. Uh, apparently, you can find Pikachu wearing Mimikyu costume in the wild if you don't have that one yet. That is one of my favorite costume Pikachus uh, because I absolutely love Mimikyu. I think he's ghoulishly adorable. <laughs> That's just me. But uh, this is a unique way to give encounters with 
event specific Pokemon. So I am looking forward to the Halloween Cup and I can't wait to play it. It should be fun. Um, looking forward to Go Battle Night. That sounds like fun as well. And uh, honestly, I think this is definitely a unique approach to doing a specific type cup for Pokemon Go. Um, we see Silphorina do these kind of cups all the time. And of course, they're going to be starting their new season soon. And uh, as a member of the Girls That PvP server, I do look forward to joining them in the next round of Silph Arena. So wish me luck on that front. <laughs> Still working out a lot of kinks and stuff. But uh, overall, Season 4 looks pretty good. If they will get some of those battle issues worked out, the desync and the other issues, especially the server lag, I think this is going to be a very interesting season to watch what happens. And, um, uh, who knows what's going to happen? I uh, wish you guys all luck. Right now, Season 3 is in its final throws for the end of the season, as it is September 10th. In four more days, we will have the switch over to Season 4. So, best of luck to all of you battlers who are trying your best to get your rank up as much as you can. I know I've managed to get a little bit higher in Season 7. <laughs> So I have some improvement, for, uh, excuse me, rank seven. So I have seen some improvement this season and hopefully you've seen some improvement too. And uh, I wish you the best of luck as you finish out season three. All cups are available at this point in time. So have fun with that. And uh, I am going to take a look now at the flying cup meta that has been put together by PV Poke. And the top of the PV Poke list for Flying Cup looks like this. Mantine, Emolga, Aerodactyl, Zapdos, Skarmory, Shadow Zapdos, Shadow Articuno, Articuno, Gyarados, and Altaria. So if you don't have any good ones of those, start looking for good counters to those. Especially Mantine. Mantine sitting at the top. Wins against Aerodactyl, Altaria, Skarmory, Togekiss, and Gligar. It's going to lose to both the Zapdoses, Emolga, Shadow Articuno, and Shadow Dragonite. Which I didn't see Shadow Dragonite in here. That's interesting. It's... Doo -doo 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 -doo. Shadow Dragonite comes in at number 16 on the list. So it just goes to show that if you don't have anything in the top, don't fear... Don't fret. Don't worry about it. Just look at the rest of the top 20, top 25, and you'll eventually find some others that are just as good. Looking at Toga, Togekiss, Shadow Gyarados, Pelipper, Driftblim, which is always a good one. I've got a nice Driftblim that's built up. Dragonite, Shadow Dragonite, Gligar, Shadow Gligar, Swana, Shadow Gliscor. You can also look at Mantyke, Noctowl, Togetic. Lugia, Charizard, there's plenty of good Pokemon in here. They may not be at the top of the list, but they're going to be just as good. I do know that Mantine is a pain in the neck, though, so definitely consider a counter for it. I'm not too familiar with Emolga. It wins against Skarmory, Mantine, Togekiss, Articuno, and Shadow Zapdos. However, it loses against 
regular Zapdos. So that one's kind of interesting. I guess the shadow gives Shadow Zapdos a little bit of an edge that's shadow bonus. Uh, Emolga also loses against Altaria. Altaria is a powerhouse in regular Go Battle League. So if you've got one of those built up already, definitely want to consider putting it in your uh, rotation. Gligar, Shadow, Gliscor also win against Emolga. So those are worth considering as well. I've not played with any of the Shadow Pokemon yet, but I have heard they are a nightmare depending on what your team composition looks like. The one that is getting a bunch of buzz right now, and uh, you can find it out in the wild, which is wild to see, <laughs> because I'm so used to being raid only, is Aerodactyl, and Aerodactyl is going to be our Pokemon of the week because you can get it out in the wild right now if you can find it under 1500 and with a good set of IVs, which is kind of hard because all of mine have been bust lately. It is definitely worthwhile to consider. It takes a key matchup against Altaria and wins. It wins against Zapdos, Articuno, Togekiss, and Emolga. But keep an eye out for Skarmory, Mantine, Gligar, Gyarados, and Shadow Gligar. Never underestimate a good, well-built Gyarados. I will say that much. My brother surprised me by taking out Giovanni with a Gyarados that was not recommended for any of the Pokemon in Giovanni's party. So a good Gyarados can surprise you. So definitely worth considering building that up as an alternative. And uh, we'll go into more details on... Uh, Aerodactyl as I get to the back half of the show. And uh, speaking of getting to the back half of the show, my voice is starting to get out, give out just a little bit. As you can tell, I am getting to the end of my little summer chest congestion cold. And I am going to take a break for just a moment. And then when I come back, we're going to look at that Aerodactyl as well as your AP Battle Academy definition of the week and tactic of the week and uh wrap up this episode how about that i'll be back in just a moment We're going to start the back half of the episode with the usual shameless self-promotion. My little personal plug where you can check out all of my stuff if you're interested. And uh, places, of course, where you can reach out to me, make suggestions, comments, what have you. And, of course, that is my social media. Twitter handle is anthisa 21 Instagram, anthesa.21. There's a difference there. And at my Insta, you can check out all of my AR photos and so on and so forth. I try to post updates about when I'm, my show is going to be posted, um, at least a couple times a week anyway. And of course, my personal email, anerdblog at gmail.com, or my contact information for all of the stuff that I do. And uh, hit me up with any questions, comments, concerns, constructive criticism. I'm open to it all. By all means, if there's something you want to see on the show, let me know. And I will take that into consideration. This show is hosted by Red Circle. 
And you can check out my sister show on my website as well. It is Catan Public Radio, where I go into information and news on Catan World Explorers, which is currently still in beta at the moment in New Zealand. Hopefully, we'll be getting a global rollout on that soon. You can also check out my Teespring shop for all of my shows and and, uh, whatnots, Pegasus Podcast and Gaming. It is teespring.com slash shops slash Pegasus Podcasts. All kinds of stuff there if you're interested in taking a look at that. Again, I want to have the Patreon set up, but I'm still working on getting all the kinks worked out. I will hopefully have something set up for that soon. Other than that, wherever you're listening to this show on, if it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, you can go ahead, give me a review, let me know how you think. Honestly, it's greatly appreciated. If you're checking this show out on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and ring the little bell. You'll get a notification the next time I post an episode to my channel. If you're interested, that channel is Anthissa the Random Nerd. Uh, I set it up to be a Wizards Unite and Pokemon Go kind of platform, but Uh, Things kind of changed, and uh, I can't exactly change my name on it anymore. But, uh, and this is the Random Nerd, and you can check out regular YouTube postings of each episode of the show, along with, I want to do some other stuff with it too. Hopefully, I will get to that point eventually. And um, I think that's going to do it for this shameless Uh, (laughs) self-plug. Um, I know it's not my favorite part of the show, and I'm pretty sure it's not y'all's favorite part either, but it is the one chance that I get to kind of promote my stuff and put it out there and say, hey, this is what is available to you guys. Hopefully I will get the Patreon stuff ironed out and set up and have that running, if not next week, the week after at least. All right, let's get into the last couple items for the show. And uh, we're going to start with your Advanced Placement Battle Academy. Maybe I'll come up with like a little school bell sound for that or something. And basically, this is your Advanced Tactic of the Week. You can try and work into your matches, see how it plays out for you. And that is the Sacrifice Lead or Sack Lead. Basically, allowing your lead Pokemon to lose the lead matchup rather than to switch to avoid being switch-locked. This can be the optimal play if the lead matchup is close or is close loss or if you only have one counter or check to the opposing lead Pokemon. Alright, and of course, as always, this is from Go Stadium, stadiumgaming.gg. In their resources, they have their glossary of terms, and this is one of the different terms that I'm looking at each week as a kind of way of looking at different tactics that you can use to try and give you a better play advantage. If it works out for you, then you can keep going with it. And the whole thing about the this AP Battle Academy is to give you different options that you might not have thought about otherwise, and to kind of practice them, see if that works for you to add to your play style. These aren't necessarily things that will work, but they're things that could work. And basically with the sack lead, you run a Pokemon, if it's not well matched to your opponent, go ahead and burn through it anyway because it switching might get you switch locked and they will switch to counter that and then you'll be stuck at a switch disadvantage for 
the rest of the switch timer. So this is basically going ahead and sacrificing your lead Pokemon knowing that your matchup is bad in hopes that the next matchup you get, you will be able to get the switch advantage and have a good counter to their current Pokemon. And that way, if they have to switch, basically you force them to switch by sacrificing your lead Pokemon, you will be able to bring in a counter to whatever they counter next, and that way you're forcing them into the switch lock instead of having to take it yourself. Hopefully that is clear to you guys. Um, I hope I've presented this clearly enough for everybody. Uh, if I haven't, let me know. By all means, I will work on my wording and have that better worded and posted to social media so you guys can see it. But uh, yeah, sacrifice lead. Sometimes you have to do it in order to get the switch advantage and make sure that you're the one on the ups against your opponent so that way you're not stuck on the ropes. Hopefully that makes sense to you. All right, and now we're going to get to that Pokemon of the week. And uh, like I said, we're going to take a look at Aerodactyl. It's number three in the Flying Cup, but this may be the only chance you actually get to use Aerodactyl. And I'm glad I'm actually able to do this before the Flying Cup debuts on the 24th for a one-day-only event, and that you guys get a chance to kind of look at this Pokemon and see if it's worthwhile to add to your team. All right, so again, this is from pvpoke.com. Aerodactyl, the moveset you want is Rock Throw, Rock Slide, and Ancient Power. Being a fossil Pokemon, he does have access to that one. Your key wins. I talked about this earlier. I'm going to do it again. Altaria. He hits Altaria pretty good, so definitely worth considering because Altaria is a beast in regular Go Battle League, so this is a great counter to have. Zapdos. is It's going to take the win against Zapdos. Also Articuno, Togekiss, and Emolga. And Emolga is number two on the list, so having Aerodactyl to counter that is definitely a good idea. Your key losses, in other words, get your Aerodactyl out of there. Skarmory, Mantine, Gligar, Gyarados, and Shadow Gligar. Skarmory, like Altaria, it's a powerhouse in regular Great League, so Having that as a loss for Aerodactyl, you're definitely going to want to find a different Skarmory counter. And because Skarmory is a common Go Battle League staple in Great League, you're definitely going to see it going into the Flying Cup. So you're definitely going to want to have a counter for it, at least in your rotation, if not in your main three. Uh, Mantine is the number one Pokemon on the list, so it's going to take the L there against Mantine. Again, definitely want to consider your Mantine counters and at least have some of these top Pokemon or counters to them in your rotation. All right, fast moves are that are available Two Aerodactyl are Rock Throw, Steel Wing, and Bite. Bite's a pretty decent one, but not a lot of people are using it. I'm guessing Rock Throw and Steel Wing generate better uh, energy for charge moves. So definitely keep those in mind. Charge moves, none of these are locked as legacy moves because Aerodactyl's never had a community day. So you don't have to worry about bending any elite TMs for any of these. Rock Slide. 
Ancient Power, Iron Head, Hyper Beam, and Earth Power. The percentage of people using Hyper Beam and Earth Power is very, very low. Most are going to use Rock Slide or Ancient Power. Although Ancient Power and Iron Head are kind of close together in the number of people preferring them. So I think Iron Head may be interchangeable with Ancient Power. So if you have one of those two to combine with Rock Slide, because that Rock Slide can do some pretty serious damage, at least in regular Great Lake. Typing is Rock and Flying. So dual types will be allowed. So that's cool to know. Weaknesses are going to be against electric, ice, rock, steel, and water. So those are the ones where you want to switch out. Resistances, go ahead and take hits from poison, normal, ground, flying, fire, and bug types. That rock typing makes it a little bit sturdier uh, in these matchups. So it can take those hits. So you won't have to worry about them too much. Keep an eye on it if your HP takes a big hit off the first charge move. But otherwise, resistance-wise, going against those typings shouldn't be an issue. The leveling you're going to want to look for is a level 20, 115, 15 IVs. Now, if you don't know how to read the IVs on the appraisal screen, the numbers are pretty simple. The bars represent 5 and 10, and the ends represent 0 and 15. So you're going to want attack as close to the 0 end as you can and get your... Uh, defense and HP as high to the other end as you can. All right, that is going to be a show. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, this was an interesting look. I'm excited for what the future of Go Battle League is going to be, especially now that we're getting a look at these unique individualized cups. I'm glad we are actually going to get the Flying Cup, despite the fact that it was announced at the beginning of season three <laughs> but you know sometimes things have to be postponed for a little bit so that they can work out all the kinks and stuff and i guess that's what they decided to do with the flying cup so that's really really interesting and i'm glad we are actually going to get to see that so this should be really really interesting i wish you guys the best of luck finishing out your season three Good luck going into Season 4. And uh, we should be getting some Sylph Arena information coming in, hopefully within the next few weeks, about what their next season's going to look like. And if they announce another cup coming up shortly, I know they're doing the Players' Cup information right now, I will hopefully do a breakdown on that when that gets announced, kind of take a look at what the meta is and what you can expect from it. And uh, as we get closer to the Halloween Cup, I'm going to take a look at the meta on that one as well. All right. Alrighty, that's going to do it. That's going to be a show. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to the coming weeks as we get more information from Sylph Arena and going into that Halloween Cup as well. I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful time of day it is, wherever it is you're at. I'll see you next week.